Hello, and welcome back to Bush History. I'm David Bush, and this is my ongoing series of precedent-setting Supreme Court decisions. This one is going to be Ex Parte Milligan, 1866. And just a reminder, you can get additional information on American history at my website, www.bushhistory.net. That's B-U-S-C-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y.net. Do not double the H. There's a whole slew of information on American history and links to my YouTube videos. So back to Milligan here. The case is occurring in the year 1866, the year after the Civil War ends. And yes, this is a Civil War case. The issue is, does the federal government have the power to restrict civil liberties during time of war? And if so, how far can they go? So some background here. At the beginning of the Civil War, there were dissenting demonstrations among northern anti-war sympathizers. Many of them were Democrats, and some were Republicans who still didn't agree with the idea of the war. President Lincoln dealt with these dissenters by declaring martial law. He also ordered detention for demonstrations. He suspended the writ of habeas corpus, which I'll explain in a minute. And he initiated trials by military commissions rather than civilian courts. The rationale was that in Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution, it authorized the suspension of the writ of habeas corpus. Now, what is the writ of habeas corpus? It's a summons or a court order. That's the best way to describe it. And basically, it forces the court or someone who's doing the arresting or detaining to show that they have reason to do so and that they have the authority to do so. So when you suspend the writ of habeas corpus, the people arresting you really can arrest you and not tell you why they're arresting you. So, nevertheless... This is a situation. There are rebellions going on, civil liberties are being suppressed, and we get to ex parte Milligan. On September 17, 1864, General Peterson Hovey, commander of the military district of Indiana, authorized a military commission to begin trials of several anti-war Democrats in Indiana. They included local politicians and lawyers, and one of which was this guy, Lambden P. Milligan. He was among about a dozen men who faced these military commissions in Indiana. Prior to getting to Milligan, because he wasn't the first, the commission handed out severe sentences to some of his co-conspirators, if you like, to include long prison terms and even one hanging, so Milligan wasn't too thrilled with all of this. Milligan and his compatriots were charged specifically with, one, conspiracy against the U.S. government, two, offering aid to Confederate soldiers, three, inciting anti-war riots, now it gets a little interesting, four, disloyal practices, and five, violation of the laws of war. And on top of that, they were also charged with organizing a secret organization to free Confederate POWs. They wanted to seize an arsenal, and they wanted to lead an insurrection against the United States government. So these were busy guys. Well, the commission met... And all of the conspirators were sentenced to hang on May 19, 1865. That's a little over a month after the Civil War ends. Following the sentencing, there were various days and commutations. I think this was more of a, let's show them that they can't get away with this rather than do we really want to hang them type situation. Either case, Lincoln was assassinated before Milligan's sentence could be addressed. So Milligan was still facing hanging. On May 16th, three days before Milligan's execution, a stay was ordered. President Andrew Johnson 
approve the commutation of his sentence and a couple of others to life imprisonment, and that occurred on May 30th, 1865. Still not glorious. In the interim, Justice David Davis, an associate justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, and a federal court judge that included Indiana Judge Thomas Drummond, another federal court judge, also reviewed Milligan Circuit Court's petitions. The judges disagreed about the issue of whether the U.S. Constitution prohibited civilians from being tried by a military commission and passed a case to the U.S. Supreme Court. So the disagreement has to do with, can civilians be tried by military courts? Well, the conclusion was a unanimous decision for Milligan. The majority opinion was rendered by Associate Justice David Davis, and in his opinion he said, Civilians cannot be tried by presidentially created military commissions when the civil courts are still in operation. So as long as the civil courts are working, civilians aren't going in front of military courts. Davis, speaking for the court, held that the trials of civilians by presidentially created military commissions was unconstitutional. Martial law cannot exist when the civil courts are still operating. So, what do we have here? We have an overreach by Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. These guys were bad characters. They were certainly trying to do something to stop the Northern War effort. But could they be tried, essentially, as soldiers in a military court? And the unanimous decision by the court was, no, they cannot be tried that way. So it wasn't a discussion about whether they were innocent or guilty. That had nothing to do with it. It was a procedural decision. And the question really came down to, can civilians be judged in military courts. And according to the decision in Ex Parte Milligan, civilians cannot be tried in military courts. So for now, I'm David Bush, and this series will continue. Have a good day.